Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Christ follower, keep an eternal perspective. You see, heaven is our home. This was not the home for the Jews in Babylon. This is not their home. Their home was Jerusalem, Israel, the nation of God. But they weren't going back. We're we're pilgrims. Now, when you think about that, we should think about it more than just at funerals. You should begin thinking about that and understanding what that means. Do you live today with an understanding that this world is not your eternal home? Today, Pastor Doug will encourage listeners to live with an eternal perspective. We know that God is in control of not just our lives, but the entire world. Too often, we try and dictate our life according to our wisdom and desires. The Lord wants to relieve us of that stress and allow us to simply focus on Him. There are people in our world searching for purpose and meaning without a clue of the eternity that is to come. How can your eternally minded life help impact those who need salvation today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel as he begins with part one of his message, Prayer and the Unseen World. Now, in this room, there's a battle going right now. By the way, when you walk during the day, there's a battle going. You just don't know it. You see, there's a world that you and I can't see. It's called the invisible world. It's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. Look how Paul writes it. I have it for you. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. Notice, visible things we can see, and invisible things we can't see. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. First thing you want to write at all of our campuses this morning is simply this. We live in two worlds, the visible and the invisible. You see, in the physical world, we operate by our five senses, sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. But there's a world that's just as real as the physical. It's the spiritual world. It operates by faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, most people really focus only on the physical. Of course, that's where we live today. Find a parking place, comb your hair, do it. You know, we're looking, smelling, looking, all these kind of things happening. But the invisible world is just as real as the physical world. So here in chapter 10, we have this, it's kind of like pulling back the curtain so that we can look into the invisible world by faith. And we're going to see 
It's an invisible world filled with spiritual warfare. Very different than physical warfare. The weapons are not the same. The goal is not the same. And what you're going to see today, this spiritual warfare that we can't see is directly related to prayer. Now, chapter 10 introduces us to actually something that's going to happen in chapters 11 and 12. Daniel is about 90 years old, somewhere late 80s and 90s. And this is the third year of uh, the king of Persia, King Cyrus. And uh, here's what happened. Remember the Jewish people were captured and by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and taken to Babylon from Jerusalem. He destroyed Jerusalem. He destroyed the city. He destroyed the, the sanctuary and everything. And God said to Daniel from the older prophets, Daniel knew this by reading the Bible, that the Jews would be there for 70 years because they disobeyed God over and over and over again. God says, okay, I'm going to punish you. 70 years. Now, since between, we talked about last week and this week, the first group of people at the end of 70 years have gone back to Jerusalem. They're going to rebuild the temple. So Ezra tells us that happens. Now, basically, 49,000 Jews left Babylon. They were given the okay by King Cyrus, and they went back to Israel. Now, we begin chapter 10. So that kind of gives you a picture of what this looks like. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. So this vision he has is come to Daniel, and he's going to pray for it to be explained. And this chapter is about his prayer, and then 11 and 12 will explain to you the vision. Now, at that time, I, Daniel, look at verse 2, mourned for three weeks, 21 days. I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Now, that sounds strange to us because this should have been a very happy time for Daniel. These people have gone back and he, he's excited about it. He just says, wow, this is fantastic. But notice he's actually mourning. He's fasting and he's crying out to God. Now, why was he mourning? Three reasons. Number one, Daniel was mourning and burdened because most of the Jews did not return to Jerusalem. Most of the Jews, by far most of the Jews, they remained in Babylon. You see, they'd been there 70 years, and they got accustomed to what was happening there. It was an ungodly nation, but they had jobs, they fit in, they had homes, they were doing well materially, but they were not doing well spiritually. And he's mourning God. The reason we were captured and here for 70 years is because we didn't obey you. Now, after 70 years, these Jews haven't learned anything. They're still serving pagan gods. And it just killed his heart because he knew what God wanted. He knew that God wanted them to go back and serve the one true God. Now, that's a warning for us. Understand, we need to be careful that we don't get so custom and comfortable in this world. Many Christ followers, well, they simply only focus on what's here. We're all kind of guilty of that. When is the last time you thought about the end of the world, heaven, and eternity? Typically, we don't think about that unless we're into a funeral, unless we're talking about it. That's why we're in the scriptures. That's why this passage is here. So 
Paul gives us this warning. I like the message translation in this. Look at this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture like they did that you fit into it without even thinking. See, they weren't thinking about God at all. There you go. Hey, we're comfortable here. I'm not traveling all the way back there. Man, that place is a disaster. It's going to be work forever. To, there's nothing together. The stones have to forget it. We're just comfortable here. Don't overdo it. Instead, fix your attention on God. Well, where is God? He's in heaven. You'll be changed from the inside out. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. No, there's no spiritual maturity getting accustomed to our world. It is, does not have a culture of our Christian world. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Now, here's what you want to write this morning. Christ follower, keep an eternal perspective. You see, heaven is our home. This was not the home for the Jews in Babylon. This is not their home. Their home was Jerusalem, Israel, the nation of God. But they weren't going back. We're we're pilgrims. Now, when you think about that, we should think about it more than just at funerals. You should begin thinking about that and understanding what that means. Now, so that's the first thing he's worried about. Second, he's heard from, from Ezra, the group that went back to Israel, that they're not doing well rebuilding the city and rebuilding the temple. People around them are fighting them. There's division. In fact, so much so that, watch me, the work had stopped. So the whole reason they went back is to get the city again going. But the whole work had stopped. And the third thing he was mourning about was he didn't understand this vision. A vision that would be for far off in the Jewish people. He was Jewish. He was concerned. He heard so many things with the Antichrist that he's burdened. He wanted to know more about the future of Israel. So the first thing Daniel does is this. He prays first. Good thing to remember. He goes to God. He prays first. But then he prays with fasting as well. Now, look what happens in verse 4. Look at your Bibles. On the 24th day of the first month, so this is three days after he'd stopped fasting praying, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. So something amazing happens. He, he fasted for 21 days. Keep that figure in your mind. He, he's now three days past that, and he's just walking, and, and he's made this prayer, and something amazing happens. Look at verse 5. And I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his faith like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice was like the sound of a multitude. That ain't any man you and I normally see, is it? I mean, it's amazing. So he's strolling along, and he comes face to face with this man. Well, it isn't a man. This is... The invisible that's become visible. Now, commentators have fought over this all these years. We're not really told. It doesn't really matter. Let me give you the three options. Is this man actually an appearance of Jesus, a pre-incarnate appearance, a Christophany? Is, is this Jesus? 
Well, the reason many people think this is Jesus who's come down to, to encourage Daniel is because the very description I just read to you is the same description that John, when he's on the island of Patmos in the book of Revelation, chapter one, it's the very same description. So it, it could be this is Jesus. Others believe it's an angel. This isn't Jesus because later this angel needs help defeating a demon. How many of you know this morning that Jesus doesn't need any help finding one demon? (laughs) So the third explanation is very interesting because many people initially think this is Jesus, but later on, as we move through in verse 10, there's a hand put on Daniel, and that would be another angel. So we don't really know what that is, but we just Picture, this is either an angel or Jesus. So look at verse 7. By the way, let me just stop right there. I think this is good. You just prayed and fasted for 21 days, and you're just taking a little walk. And here comes this man. You know, he hasn't been around the corner. You don't see him walking. Whoop, there he is. And all of a sudden, you see this, and you hear this voice, and it's shining, and whatever. How would you be? Hey, what's your name, man? What's happening? <laughs> I don't think so. He's panicked out of his mind. So watch what he does. So don't make fun of Daniel. We'd have the same problem. Verse 7. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it. But such terror, notice his word, overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So Daniel sees this vision. But the men with him don't see it. But there's something in the air. And they go... I don't know what that is, but let's get out of here and hide right now. So that's exactly what happens. Now, notice what Daniel says. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into deep sleep and fell in my face to the ground. Wow. Boom. He passes out. He's just panicked, totally. Now, again, why was he so weak? Well, remember, he just fasted for 21 days. So that could be part of it. And of course, this excitement of some kind of heavenly visitor. He doesn't know it. He'd never seen this person before. And out of the blue, there they are. They appear. So it was too much for him. And he passes out with his face to the ground. Now, notice what happens next. A hand touched me. I'm not sure that's good or bad at that moment right there. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. But look what this angel or Jesus says. And he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. Now stop there for a moment. Anybody here glad that when God wants to speak to us, he didn't go, "Um, I forget your name. Is it? Is it Palmer or is it Balmer? Is it spelled with two L's or one? No, I'm not the guy that owns Microsoft, Balmer. It's B-A-L-M-E-R. First name's Mark. Notice he doesn't go here. Hey, I don't know who you are, but I've come here. You're highly esteemed. No, it's very what? Personal. That's why we call our relationship with God what? A personal relationship. He knows your name this morning. First name, last name. He knows everything about you. He didn't have to look at the record. Let's see if I can recognize his face. Is that important to you this morning? God isn't shouting from heaven. Hey, you. No. Hey, Mark. He knows. He knows Daniel's name. The angel knows Daniel's name. And he says to him, 
you're highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you, talking about this vision, and stand up. Be strengthened. Be encouraged. I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. So suddenly this angel or Jesus touch him, encourage him, and he's going to receive what he asked for, the revelation. There, There are times all of us need an encouragement from God. Amen. I want you to write this this morning. This is a word of encouragement for you. Some of you I know on our campuses right now, in Vieira and Sebastian and you guys, Anna, some of you are, well, you're discouraged this morning. Be encouraged. You're greatly loved by God. You see, that is God. God is love. He knows your name. And if you feel aloof or discouraged this morning, just be encouraged. The same God that is seen, spending this message, these great words, be your, your highly esteemed is the God that loves you. He's encouraged you. It's a word of encouragement to you this morning. I'm going to read verse 10. Just look at me. I don't want you looking at verse, excuse me, uh, verse 12. Uh, and this is the Balmer translation. It's not biblical, but it's kind of like this. Now, let's see if we can remember what happened. We have, we have a prayer that went to God. And now, what day are we after the prayer? 24 days. So watch this. Then he, con- he continued. I'm so sorry, Daniel. God has been so busy with other people and their prayers that just yesterday, he finally got caught up with all the prayers and he finally heard your prayer. No, that's not how it goes at all. Look at verse 12. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since, uh, say it with me in all the campuses, since the first day. That you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before you got your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Your words were heard. Prayer changes things. Your words were heard. Write this down. God hears our prayers immediately when we pray. See, Daniel is asking for wisdom. He's humble. He's asking in the right way before God. He wants to gain understanding. And so on day one, he gives his prayer to God. When does God hear that prayer? Day 24? No. Immediately. When we pray, there's no distance problem. There's no time problem. God hears our prayers immediately. Well, then what day are we on? Let's see how we're doing. We're on day what? Come on. 24. So what happened between day one and 24? I mean, are we taking a slow mo to from heaven to here? Look at verse 13. Here's the answer. But the prince of the Persian kingdom. Now, the prince of the Persian kingdom isn't a human. This is the demon that's over the nation of Persia. The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me how many days? 21 days. So what is happening at this time? This gives us a great understanding about spiritual warfare in our prayers. Daniel had been praying for how many days? 21. No doubt, he's he's wondering what's happened. So what's happening in the invisible world during those 21 days? There's a spiritual battle, and you're going to see it's between an angel of God and the demon that's over Persia. Why is the demon doing that? Because he doesn't want the prayer answer, the wisdom, to come to who? Daniel. So where is this battle, this spiritual battle that we all have 
where does it really take place in our bodies? Where does it take place? Let's just point to where you think it takes place. And if you point to your neighbor, you're wrong. If your wife, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. It, it, it's in our where? It's in our mind. So we have to capture the thoughts because what we believe, we become. So what do you think Satan, we don't know this, it's just me. What do you think Satan said to Daniel? Maybe day 12. Okay, Daniel, keep on praying, baby. There ain't nothing coming to you. God ain't hearing your prayers. He's not interested in you. I don't know why you wasted the time. Stop that. Hey, here's a piece of chocolate cake. Doesn't that look good? Man, actually, here's a bagel with some locks and cream cheese on it. Oy vey, that's fantastic. Stop your fasting. Eat. God isn't going to answer your prayer. You say, Pastor Mark, Satan would never say that. Really? So what do you have to do with that thought? You have to take a capture. No, that ain't from God. And I don't know what's going to happen, but that ain't from God. And I have to replace it with the word of God. He who began a good work in me, he's going to finish it. I don't know what that looks like, but it ain't going to be like that. See, you and I have the same kind of thing happening. Some of you here this morning, and you prayed, and nothing's going right. And Satan's saying to you, well, you know, you're not good enough. God only gives it to the really special people. You're not special. And you know that isn't right, but we kind of get into it, don't we? So this battle is always in our mind. Now, remember, God hearing our prayers it is one thing. But answering them is another. I want you to write this down this morning. All over campus, there are two things that can hinder our prayers. Two things that can hinder our prayers. Number one, things that are our fault. Things that we do that stop God from answering our prayers. And number two, Satan's doing his plan, his spiritual warfare to hinder the word of God coming to us in an answer. That's what we actually see this morning. Now, some of you say, well, this is not applying to me. Of course it applies to us. Because when we pray, we want an answer. God promises to answer. But there are some things that hinder us. I'm going to go through these things fairly fast. I'll start with the things that we do. We make a prayer to God, but the ceiling is closed, and nothing seems to come back from God. What hinders God answering our prayer? So, Write these down very quickly, or you can get to the website, calvaryccm.com. Just go to the notes for this sermon. They'll all be there for you. Number one, we don't pray or ask. Sometimes we don't get an answer from God, the wisdom we need, because we forgot to pray. All of us have done that. I've done that. We, we deal with this thing, and I go, my goodness, we forgot to pray. James says it like this. You do not have because you do not ask God. So ask yourself this morning. Maybe there's something you've been wishing for, you've been talking about, and it's not happening. And you're saying, God, what's the deal? Well, you haven't asked him. Ask him. Make it simple. Go to him. Number two, when we ask, here's why sometimes our prayers are not answered by God. Our prayers are selfish and not in God's will. God, I want that job. I don't really care about your will. I want that job. You ain't get an answer for that. It isn't going to happen. You see, James 3 says this, when you ask, you do not receive You don't get an answer because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend it on what you get on your pleasures. Be encouraged, Christ followers. You are greatly loved by God. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that as we keep this truth in mind, it helps our outlook on life and more importantly, helps us keep an eternal perspective. There is an eternity waiting for every human being, one in heaven and one in hell. There are no other options. 
Our lives ought to be daily dictated by the truth of the promised eternal life yet to come. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Do you know of the spiritual warfare going on amongst every person? Prayer is the best way to combat this. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will give listeners two reasons our prayer life is hindered. Too often we allow our circumstances to drive our prayer life. Why not beat Satan to the punch? Spiritual warfare is a personal journey with every believer aimed to conquer the enemy's attempts at destruction. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.